Fraser. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. It's Flex and Frooms on Cater. Life is really doing something to me. Menstruating, babes. I don't know. I don't know. The sensation of... Every time I see you, you're menstruating. That's what it feels like, yeah. right? Because I'm always talking about it. Because I want you... I can't. Anyway... <laughs> on today's potty, we're chatting about email etiquette. Froomey's favourite, abolish professionalism. Uh-huh. People pooing at dark mofo. It was a while ago, I know, but my friend had a very harrowing, some would say harrowing, some would say it's art experience. Yeah, I say involving art. a human doing a sh- stage, amongst other things. Anyway, why do mans do encores? Let's get to it. This is the potty, Flex and Frooms. Kata. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. The other day, our producer, Michaela, it's a story as old as time itself, sent me an article that New York Times had done about decoding email Mm sign-offs. I wrote a similar article, not for the New York Times, not quite, about what each email sign-off says about you. It was more of a humour comedy piece, (laughs) a humorist's piece, but I said what I said and I'd like to recite what I founded and what I said. Are you ready for how to sign off an email? As someone who doesn't like professionalism i'm interested to see what you have to say and i'm right across your email etiquette it's very chaotic chaotic a lot of all capitals. caps smiley faces xx's like someone sends me a contract i'm obsessed with this thank you so much it's refreshing in the thank microsoft you. inbox <laughs> if you say kind regards it means you're 10 years old and you're sending off an email for the first time whoa kind regards or you're like 60 kind and you've regards. been doing email since email was first invented and so you've like retained traditional email norm. True. Okay. Keeping tradition alive. <laughs> if you say cheers, pure Ooh. chaos. Pure chaos. I like cheers. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> Who came up with that? The Oisies. Cheers. Cheers. I think that warm regards, that's for more of a PR situation. No it's a way. Disingenuous. PR is thanks, exclamation mark. No way. Absolutely. Guess what I do? I think you just let your email signature talk for you. No. I say thanks, comma, Lucinda. Yeah. What is happening? Jordan, Who's got their haptic vibration on Jordan's in the saying studio? saying that she signs off with kind regards, so she just feels outed. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no. I just, I just noticed that oh. I sign off with kind regards and my boyfriend signs off with warm regards and you did it. Oh, oh my god! Sorry, I'm doxing people in the studio. Sorry, Jordan. <laughs> what do you sign off with, Mickey? Kindest. Kindest. Oh, what is oh happening? I've never received the kindest from you in my life. Because we're picking oh, and choosing and we use the sign off. We're picking and kindest. choosing. Kindest. kindest. Kindest what? I don't know. I saw someone else do it. Oh, Any- babe. <laughs> truly anything but thanks and thank you is just unhinged. It's no need for all the extras. Especially when you... Because your, your whole message is not dry. Warm regards. When you're putting in the, the exclamation, the emoji, the XX, how's your weekend? Did you get near it? I also feel like because generally with emails, it's a thread of conversation that needs to keep happening. So why are we got to do a clear sign-off every time? Maybe the first time, if you're not sure you're going to get a reply. Right, of course. Then it's a good starting ground. But then, yeah, drop the replies. I think we need to drop email etiquette. I think a lot of us spend too much time. It's actually so ineffective and a burden to productivity to have to consider any kind of etiquette with email. The thing just needs to be sent. The older I get, the more I appreciate the really, like black and white stern email from your boss that just says got it it says please thanks yeah please thanks i'm obsessed because it's all needs to be said 
more of I that. think you need to work in finance, babe. Literally, like finance. the finance bro inside of me, we've <laughs> named him Gareth. <laughs> Gareth. Oh, he gets it. It's been a few weeks since Dark Mofo was a thing. However, I didn't go. I've only been to Hobart once and I oh. loved it. I loved it. I'll go back. You must. Defo, go back. Come when I'm there. Dark Mofo is an art music culture festival in Hobart. And also, I uh, was in Lonnie this year. Maybe. Lonnie? Nah, I think just Hobart. Lonnie. Launceston. I always get it confused with New Zealand for some reason. I always think Launceston's in New Zealand. That makes sense. Just across the ditch kind of vibes. Yeah. So my friend Michael went and he put on his story that he witnessed something quite alarming. <laughs> and I've asked him to send us a voice note explaining what it is. This is a content warning. <laughs> for what? For poo. Great. And crazy art. So this is like a quick review of Divine Comedy uh, that was at Dark oh. Mofo this year. I didn't know what, what to expect, right? There were ve- barely any reviews. It was all really vague. Though. It was like, oh, prepare to be wowed. Um, or like, oh, dark arts. And, you know, 30 minutes in, I saw like several full-grown women do a squat five metres in front of me and do a big, huge on the ground like for 45 seconds they're all like struggling audibly and they all did big poos live big poos out of their human buttholes onto a like a painting palette that they were going to use to like paint a tombstone and then this woman had blood taken out of her and then like sprayed everywhere and then this woman got a hitachi wand and squirted all over a hyundai excel um <laughs> like there was a woman live taxidermying a rat and at the end this woman ate the rat everyone was naked from about six minutes in like just it was bonkers defund the arts now (laughs) defund Defund the arts arts. now say less i could not believe i didn't know that this stuff was legal i'm a bit confused because yeah. Please explain. I'm always trying to pitch for people to go to Dark Mofo or to go to Hobart during Dark Mofo because usually when someone from the mainland, that's, you know, me, continental Australia, <laughs> says to go to Hobart, they mean to go when something is pumping and popping. So you get a feeling of it. The first time I went to Dark Mofo, I saw a. Whew, it was a performance of these five people simulating the human centipede in like a body stocking writhing around. There's silicon. It's messy. The score is like percussion, writhing, moaning. And you're in this kind of converted heritage building. And all you can see is like the look of fear and shock on everybody else's faces. And this kind of split between the crowd of people taking it way too seriously. People thinking it's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't know where to sit. And if you're meant to look at it with earnest appreciation for the art that's happening in front of you. Or if you can just say what is happening right now. I saw people simulating birth out of a giant vulva. I saw... Just the most beautiful okay. displays. Okay, art, art, mommy, flex, art, mommy. So you think not defund the arts? Oh, definitely don't defund the arts. Apply more funding. <laughs> apply more defund funding? education. Put it in the arts. <laughs> apply um, men and useful for all. <laughs> okay, it's one twenty a.m. I'm in bed. Was just asleep, and I've been thinking about the Divine Comedy Show again. And I think I understand it now. Maybe it's because so much of comedy is crude and we see this kind of like pooing and stuff on movies but never in real life. Like I'm thinking about White Lotus season one when there is an infamous poo scene. 
why do we never see it in person? And also, it sounds like it was very memorable. That is all. This is Flex and Frooms on Cater. 2023 and unfortunately we are still talking about the unfollowing app i personally don't know how anybody is still using it for the sake of your own mental health but there's a bit of contention on the internet is it toxic are you just decluttering listen to this tiktok from nicole.mad it's so uncomfortable if someone's like unfollowed you from instagram and then i've of course immediately unfollowed them as well because i'm a petty bitch i'm gonna unfollow you back Yes, I'm 25 and still have the unfollow app. I don't care. Why were you nodding so aggressively? <laughs> so I was listening. That? I was listening. But I will say, if someone unfollows you, like fight fire with fire. You think that? I don't now because I know that you can accidentally unfollow people. Well, you and just, I just said that. I don't have the app because my self esteem can't handle it, and <laughs> I will hold it against you. Period. That's why I don't have the app. Yeah, could never have the app for that exact reason. I remember but- I used to like be a bit self. I guess you call it a form of self-harm. Like when you go masochistic, go back on the ex's profile every day, every few hours, like obsessive. And then you do it with the app. It's like when you want to scratch an itch, Mm. when you want to binge eat, when you want to like do something destructive, you would go on an app like that. But it's kind of something I did as a teenager. I just definitely had to let that go. It's interesting because we talk about relationships being transactional. And I wonder if this is what people think I mean when I say that. When I say relationships are transactional, I mean that regardless of what you think is happening, there's a transaction. I talk because I'm expecting a conversation in return. I give a gift because I'm expecting it. I give humor because I'm expecting humor back. That's the agreement that we're sharing. But in this instance, I like feeling that how I treat you is based on like how I genuinely feel about you as opposed to keeping tabs on how you feel about me to dictate how I should treat you. You know, it feels like the same thing, but it's slightly different. So if you unfollow me because for whatever reason, you don't like my content, it was an accident, whatever it might be. So long as I don't know, I'm still treating you with the same like care or joy or whatever that I treated you with beforehand and it should stay. I don't know if people would agree, but... I don't know. Like, I think that we need to look at things like following and unfollowing as small, small things. Not like the action in itself is so minor that it can't mean so much. Yeah. Because then we're saying, well, if someone doesn't have Instagram, how do we measure how they feel about us? Yeah. Which is like... Which is how I feel. You would do what you would do. You would interact with them. You would sustain and maintain a real relationship. It's too hard. Yeah. It's too hard. Well, food for thought. If you've listened to the show for more than three months, you would know that up until the age of 26, 27, I had exclusively nightmares every time I'd go to sleep so often that I would just call them dreams and not distinguish between them being nightmares or not. They were always scary about being chased or the feeling of being chased, dark rooms, dark houses, the apocalypse in Bondi Beach, tidal wave tsunamis, buildings, like being in a building and having the water rush up from the bottom and then having to go to the very top and jump. Tons of amazing things. And so long story short, I went to a therapist as one does. We were talking about anxiety and I was like, I don't think I feel anxiety in the way that you're describing it. He's like, that's impossible given you being a person and the career field you're in. And then later on, I was like, I have nightmares every night. He's like, that is it. That's where the anxiety went. Your subconscious is trying to process what you're going through that you won't acknowledge when you're awake and conscious. Case closed. We figured it out. And then I was having a conversation with a friend right before we went on break and we were speaking about them. They also had a similar experience. And he was like, oh, did your psychotherapist tell you to take out chocolate and caffeine 
from your diet before you go to bed? And I was like, no. He's about the brain and thinking. And my friend was like, mm, no, there's been heaps of studies to prove that if you have chocolate or sugar or any kind of caffeine in like the hour before, I don't know what REM cycle or whatever, in the hour before you go to sleep, it releases a kind of compound that's known to have psychoactive effects on the brain, thus inducing nightmares. And as someone who eats a lot of sugars and caffeine, not necessarily chocolate, I'm like, that feels like a thing also that we could have acknowledged. Yeah, human. Human. Interesting. I only heard this about cheese giving me nightmares or weird really? dreams. Yeah, cheese is like a classic. I haven't heard it about chocolate. I have chocolate every night before bed, little yeah. chocolate ice cream. And so I said, what, like, what do we do with that information? They'll, they'll just say, you don't need to cut out chocolate, caffeine, whatever, but just don't have it right before you think you're going to go to bed in the next couple of hours. I said, this oh, but is that's interesting. what I like. You know, the unwinding. after dinner treat. Unwinding. Look, I'll take the nightmares for a little um, marble caramel milk. I think moment. so too. The more nightmares you have, the easier you're able to like self-regulate. Yeah, and just live through them. I hate them. Horrible stuff. You need to have them, though. Always someone is getting into my door at my house Oof. with a knife ready to come and get me. Do you know what's really disorienting? A mundane dream. When you like thought you've done your washing and you haven't done it in real life. Those ones, <laughs> I think, are way more disorienting than nightmare. Facts. So, guys, I went and saw a band the other day. Do you want to reveal who it was? Nah. Great. I see bands probably once every two weeks. Nice. I'm always out at gigging, <laughs> going to gigs. <laughs> gigging. I'm gigging. Um, I pay for my tickets as well. I love to fund Huge. the arts. Huge. Love to fund the arts. Apart, when, when it's a stadium tour, <laughs> we're getting some freebies, babes. And this is why you don't get you don't get door spot, babe. This is why you don't get VIP because you say things like that. <laughs> no, I'll pay. I'll pay for my like yeah yeah, yeah. comers. You locals. Yeah, for sure, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And this band did an encore, and I couldn't for the life of me understand what is the deal with encores mm. the biggest bands do it tame impala did an encore yeah. for that i was grateful obviously but still there is something inherently awkward about the encore they go off in a bang then everyone's like oh encore, encore. can i guess yeah because i thought about it before if you don't do an encore do you know that idea that if you have an interaction with someone, they usually remember like the start and the end of it, how it started, how it ended. If there was like an awkward hug at the beginning or like an awkward hug at the end. And so if you want people to feel like they had a good time, they need to end on a high note. So if a band does a whole set and ends when it's supposed to, like with the biggest song, people come down really, really quickly. I heard the best song in my life and now I'm like, <gasps> it's over. And so with the encore, you simulate them back into this feeling of like euphoria, but at least they know it's done. Okay. So they carry that euphoria with them, I think. That's a really nice layered approach. However, there are some reasons why. Number okay. one, it's a tradition. Mm -hmm. So what encore means in French is again. So back when music wasn't recorded and the only time to hear music was live, oh, people would want to hear it again. There was they a time before Spotify? They did have Spotify. Imagine a time before streaming. I just... That is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. Music hit different back then, though, I was so... Yeah. Oh, so it's CD. like we want to hear it again now because we're not going to hear it again yeah. until the next time we're here. And who knows when that is. Imagine Britney Spears Toxic. You only hear it once in your life. Yeah. Horrible stuff. Horrible stuff. It also gives the artist a chance to take a break and get some water. It also um, gives value for money. People are coming out, they want to see one more song. It also gives the artists, if they don't have a massive discography, because obviously artists bring out an album once every two years, if we're lucky for many, many years, yeah. they might not have enough material, enough new material. Have you ever heard the expression, Elvis has left the building? No. Are you serious? No. You've never heard the expression, Elvis has left the building? <laughs> no. Babe. 
Why are we all laughing at me? That's like primary school stuff. You thought I was doing a bit? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys have all heard it, yeah? Elvis has left the building. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's like a thing that everybody says. I've heard says. the eagle has landed. Similar vibe. Mm-hmm. Same era vibes. So people say, Elvis has left the building. I say, Flex has left the building. It's because back when Elvis used to perform, his manager said, you don't do encores because you want to leave people wanting more. Mm. So in order for people to not think, you know, because people are going to encore, encore, and they'll get disappointed. The PA system would say, Elvis has left the building. I like that you don't do encores thing. I understand what it's meant to make you feel, but anytime I don't like like the what do you call it? Like uh like it's like a dysphoria where you're like where you're like, are you coming back or you're not coming back? You're looking around up the lights coming on, they're not coming on. Yeah. Are we staying? Are we going? Should we keep our spot? Do we move with the crowd? It's a bit scary. But congrats to all our friends out there making music. <laughs> You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's daily podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.